Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Mike Judge, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. <laughs> Welcome to the second annual Only Three Lads Hall of Fame induction ceremony, honoring those who have made an indelible impact on the world of classic alternative music. And now, your hosts, Uncle Greg and Brett Vargo. Here we all are once again. It's the Only Three Lads podcast where we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. Yeah. It's me, Uncle Greg. We have the rockologist Brett Vargo. Big show. It's me. Feeling festive. Feeling festive. Very, today. very festive. It's our second annual Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And... uh I think this is going to be a big one. Yeah, I think it will, too. You know, they said it would never last. And yet here we are for our second annual after our inaugural. We got that sorted out last year. Yes. (laughs) Induction ceremony for the holiest of classic alternative music shrines. Yeah, that's very true. Now, see, the, what, what Brett's talking about is, like, one of my pet peeves in life is when someone says the first annual. Yes. There's no such thing as a first annual. It's the inaugural. So if somebody says it's the first annual run because it's dumb, they don't know what they're talking about, period. End of story. I made that mistake last year. Never again. <laughs> and then Uncle Greg's psychosis came out and is like, better just to go along with them than Ooh. to deal with them. I get it. I saw the uh, the nasty side of you that time. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. It's like that, that's like St. Valentine's Day. It was always St. Valentine's Day. You know, St. Valentine's Day massacre. Right. St. Valentine's Day. Then one day, I don't know if it was Hallmark or some other some bitches who said, let's take out the saint and just call it Valentine's Day. Why? You didn't want to spend the extra ST period for ink or what? I mean, what's the deal? Why? Who changes that? And why did we let them get away with it? Why? Well, plus Patrick, I think, was feeling a little short-changed. You know, I'm really the only saint that should matter. Well, maybe, but that's like if we just call it Patrick's Day. Yeah. And then everyone named Pat would go out and get drunk. Right. And, or we'd get drunk in their honor, but it's not right. It's just not right. No. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going. What about, like, because, like, Haley's Comet became Holly's Comet. Remember that back in the 90s? Mm-hmm. And then sexual uh, harassment became sexual harassment. You know, it's like, who changes these words? Where in our society do people get together and go, we're going to change this and we're going to make everyone think that they were wrong and we're right. I mean, who who does this? And we just all, okay, we're like a bunch of like lemmings. Oh, okay, let me get in line. Hey, okay, if you say so, I just want to get along in life. Uh Not me. I'm I'm like the sandpaper on your taint in life. (laughs) I want to go against the grain. Again, my father taught me if too many people like it, it probably sucks. That's my ethos. Well, I'm having to come to grips with the fact that language is evolving. It does. Syntax is evolving. I'm very much old school. Like, I'm still the guy that puts two spaces after a period. Me too. I like to uh, use proper sentence structure, not end my sentences with prepositions, etc. But I'm finding now, mostly through my son in linguistics, 
that this is all changing and it's perfectly acceptable, but I'm resistant. Yes, being an, a, a former journalist, we would always, every year, the AP would change the way how you would word things. And it just seems like there's a committee of people who just kind of maybe at your work, they have meetings just to have meetings so that they can talk about having their meeting sure. type of thing. And then they just change things so that they can be relevant or maybe earn their salary or at least feel like they earn it. I don't know. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, we don't have to go along with it. That's my whole thing. Uh, uh-uh. This is rock and roll, man. We are going to do what we want to do. If people don't like it, that's cool. You don't have to. There's no law that says you have to like what I do or like what I think or like what I say. But you know what? Tough. Tough. How's that? Tough. Ah. <laughs> Blow it out your ass. How's that? Speaking of not liking things, before we get into our Hall of Fame, and we'll talk about the inductees from last year and how we're going to add to our wonderful institution this year which doesn't you know really exist except for in our minds and on this podcast oh, it exists it exists yes it exists but the uh the rock and roll hall of fame in cleveland so this year the inductees were kate bush cheryl crow okay. missy mm-hmm. elliott george yeah. michael willie nelson rage against the machine and the spinners for you is that a hit or a miss you know, years ago, it used to bother me because it's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's really just a music hall of fame. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, let's take a, really the, the the rock stars of today are the rappers. They are the ones who are breaking toilets and pregnating cats and, you know, getting arrested. And that's fun. I mean, that really is. I mean, it's not me, but from a distance, it's always fun to watch. I thought that cat looked like Puff Daddy. Yeah, a little bit. But I'm just saying, like, so it used to bother me and I used to, you know, harp on it. It's just the Music Hall of Fame now. And if if in any way somebody uh, made someone feel better or saved someone's life through their music or if they said something important, I'm done fighting over Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Just call it the Music Hall of Fame. There are a lot of people, I think, who should be in there who are not. And the past couple of years, bands like Kiss and Rush and those finally got in, which should have been in a long time ago. But it's just a museum and they want people to come and spend. I wonder how much it is to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know. I've never been. I've never been either. I've never been. Well, I've been through Ohio. I went to Youngstown. Maybe I drove through Cleveland. I just remember it being ugly. And But I'm sure the underbelly is so beautiful. Um, <laughs> but, you know, hey, when, when your river's going through your city, catch on fire, maybe that's a place I'd like to visit. I don't know. I don't think I'd go swimming, but, you know, what the hell? Maybe yeah. I'll visit. I believe that Kate Bush was worthy. Cheryl Crow, I'm going to say she doesn't belong in any Hall of Fame. Sorry, just saying. I, I understand Cheryl Crow. I remember meeting her like when bright, when Tuesday Night Music Club yeah. came out. She's super pretty, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, her music is pleasant enough, but that's yeah, it. Did it change things? Yeah. No. I don't know. I don't think so. From what I remember in 1994 when that album came out for Cheryl Crow, there was talk about, you know, they made this album, didn't know what to do with it because it wasn't pop. It wasn't country. Let's try and see if alternative radio will do anything with it. And then, of course, all those hit songs. And then, you know, she was, I don't know. Yeah. I saw her open up for Crowded House on that tour. You know, yet somehow Crowded House aren't in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, good for Show Crow, whatever. Yeah. Well, I saw her one time at Mesa Amphitheater. And this was at the time, it kind of like the whole stage looked like a living room. And she had her dog. And I remember seeing the dog. The dog would walk around the concert venue like it's a person. And the dog had a backstage pass on its collar mm. and would just walk back. It was like a person. The dog was, it was a lab. <laughs> it was 
like, so maybe, so I do support her getting in to the hall of fame just for that. I would like her dog to get into the hall of fame then. Yeah. I'm sure that dog has passed away now. This was probably the late nineties from what I remember, but it was, it was super cool. And that dog, and then I remember in memoriam Sparky. Yeah. And I don't know what the dog's name was, but it was, I I thought that was cool. And then, um, you know, Willie Nelson kind of like Dolly Parton last year, it's like kind of country, but if you're looking at somebody who's had a legacy and impact on music. So again, music hall of fame, maybe I get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as country stars are concerned, Willie's as worthy as any, because he kind of probably along with Waylon Jennings and Merle Haggard did the whole outlaw country thing very well, which was very rock and roll in attitude, if not in sound, but some of his seventies uh, albums were fantastic. Like the stuff he uh, recorded for Atlantic. Of Shotgun Willie, the Troublemaker. Well, I think the Troublemaker is Columbia, but uh, phases and stages. So there, there's some good Willie out there. I like Willie. Well, just think of what he's done for pot. I mean, really, for the pot movement. Um, I think if there's a pot Hall of Fame, I'm sure he'll be in there for that. Too. Oh, I'm sure. He's probably the first inductee. I've been looking up a uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame general admission. What a pain in the ass! To figure out how much tickets are, you have Rock Hall members, City of Cleveland residents, Museum for All, purchase for Museum of All tickets, which costs a dollar, but it takes some sort of proof, and then reciprocal museum admission. Mm. So I have no idea how the hell you choose. Like, how do you buy a ticket to get into the GD Hall of Fame? I mean, it's like, gosh, darn. I think the only rock and roll way is to sneak in. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's something we have to try. I'm sure that there's no way, though. They, they will write you in all caps if you try and do that ever again. You'll be banned. So it looks like youth from 20, 25 bucks for kids 6 to 12. Um, adults, 35 bucks. But it depends on the day and time. So they have flex. Flex uh, looks like Surge flex, pricing. It's like Disneyland. Pricing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now to talk about the haul that you really want. Exactly. So last year, we inducted 10 artists in. Ramones, Depeche Mode, Pixies, Nirvana, Duran Duran, The Replacements, Buzzcocks, Joy Division, The Smiths, and David Bowie. I would say that is a worthy inaugural class. It was. Thank you. Thank you. I wonder how many we'll uh, we'll induct this year. I wonder if we'll have crossovers. I think we will. I think we will, too. And the good news is, is that you all are on the voting panel. Post on our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, or drop us an email at only 3 at gmail.com. And maybe we'll add an artist or two to supplement our list if we can get uh, somebody with a substantial number of votes. Yeah, let's do it. This is important stuff. Yes. And the community gets a vote too. So if there's one that does get a lot of votes, we'll stick them in too. But yeah. I think there will be crossover this year because each time we do this, which is, this is the only second time, the people we have to leave off is heartbreaking at least for me i was like oh well okay but i i I can't i can't just pick those five i that's like number six yep or number seven but they should still be in there but that's like the real rock and roll hall of fame they will be in time just wait till like 2030 yeah you know maybe next year we'll pick i don't know the weekend will be in our hall of fame Mm. you know that's what the you Uh know if we're going to really follow the the path of the rock and roll hall of fame we have to get the weekend maybe bruno mars in there who else could we get? It? Oh, maybe um, Walla Voodoo could be mm, in before some of these yeah. other names. What do you say, Brett? You know, I'm all for that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> See it in your eyes. I would have one of those like 
all caps posters out front saying Stan Ridgeway, your band. Stan Ridgeway. I don't know. I don't know why. It's Mexican radio. If Mexican radio had never been created, I would probably have a totally different opinion of Stan Ridgeway. Well, you might not even know him if it wasn't for yeah, Mexican radio. Point. You know, that's a good point. It's just early MTV. They only had so much. You know, because, again, it was like in Europe, in London, they had the video music show. So that's why, you know, when the second wave of English, you know, the English invasion was because they had all the videos and then everyone had to catch up. Right. Yep. So there you go. And then Devo, that's how they got so because Devo, they were in like art school or something or they're art school graduates. And someone said, hey, they need videos. So why don't you make videos for your songs? They made good videos. And so that's why we know how Devo. And they were visually striking. They were awesome. Mm -hmm. They were fun. You know, because remember first it was all like, and you see a lot of this now too. It's a lot of performance, like people acting like they're playing their, you know, guitars and or lip syncing to the debt machine, how most of the you know people do it now. So that's more performance, but it was more like movies, especially Duran Duran. Like think of New Moon on Monday. That was like an epic movie being made for three minutes for this song. I mean, like that's they used to spend millions of dollars on these videos. Oh, yeah. Now it's like a buck two ninety eight. And, you know, some of them are good. Some of them aren't. Well, think of how groundbreaking something like Thriller was. I mean, that was a little mini movie. Sure. Sure. What do we have now? Like what's probably equivalent to that now? Nothing. I can't think of one video. Let's take Taylor Swift, for example. She kind of does that as well. She does those little like mini movie videos. Uh, like I know she did one for uh, uh, Antihero last year that was kind of funny. Mm. Well, there was one I know with Clint Eastwood's son in it. And she mm. was, you know, following it. I was like, they're in love or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't watch it too long. Love. <laughs> <laughs> Should we induct now? Let's do it. Oh, all right. This, this all feels very formal and official and whatnot. Yes. Let's straighten our ties. All right. <clears throat> yes. I wore my best bow tie today. You do look very snazzy. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm wearing my finest O'Neill t-shirt and a <laughs> uh, pair of cargo shorts that my wife will not let me go out of the house in. And why is that? I think she thinks that uh, cargo shorts just reek of dad dress style. Dad well, style. you are dad number one. Number yes. two, the utility of those shorts. She doesn't have to bring her purse. You can carry her. St- I mean, like, what are you? What's she talking about? I okay. agree, but they are made by Chanel. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm wearing Gucci. <laughs> You're wearing Gucci cargo pants. Uh, all right, you want to kick it off? Let's do it. I'll kick it off. All right. all right. So the first band I'm inducting into the second annual Only Three Lads Hall of Fame. Achieved little commercial success, but continue to be one of the most influential bands in rock, alternative, and just music in general. Lou Reed, Sterling Morrison, John Cale, Mo Tucker, and Nico. Velvet Underground's last album, Squeeze, released in 1973. I realize that's out of the O3L era, but who cares? They reformed at times, and they're too important not to be in the O3L Hall of Fame. So my first inductee, no order this week for me. This is just the way I wrote them up. Velvet Underground is my first inductee into the Only Three Lads Hall of Fame in 2023. Where will she go? What shall she do when midnight? 
essential yes. to the music we talk about here. Funny, though, that you only mentioned the album Squeeze. Well, there was other ones, but I'm just saying the last one was 1973. Yes. Squeeze, of course, was the album that Doug Yule of the latter-day Velvet Underground basically did on his own without Lou Reed, John Cale, yeah. Sterling Morrison, Mo Tucker, etc., and is is not regarded as being a very good album. I think it's actually a fine album, but it's not a Velvet Underground album in anything but name. Right. Well, the first one, 1967, the Velvet Underground and Nico. Great. Then you had White Light, White Heat in 68, the Velvet Underground, 1969. And then Lou Reed left before Loaded in 1970. And then who knows, some dude who probably had a few, you know, leftover sessions squeezed out squeeze. Yep. How's that? Yep. There you go. All right. All right. Excellent. Okay, well, I snubbed him last year in a shocker, but I'm going to lead by inducting the songwriter who stands head and shoulders above the rest for me. Born Declan Patrick McManus, Elvis Costello emerged in the late 70s armed with a distinctive voice, razor-sharp lyrics, cunning terms of phrase, and a bold fusion of styles. Those who pegged him early in his career as a punk or a new wave geek weren't even scratching the surface of the depth of his talent and songwriting mastery. From the gritty intensity of songs like Radio Radio and Pump It Up to observant pop like Oliver's Army and Veronica, love or out of love ballads like Allison and Almost Blue, Elvis has penned many timeless classics that transcend generation and genre. Every album is a journey that rarely treads the same ground twice, whether it be an exploration of classic soul idioms on Get Happy, flirting with Beatlesque psychedelia on Imperial Bedroom, Country on Almost Blue, Americana on King of America, you get the picture. He's extraordinary enough to have collaborated with the likes of Paul McCartney and Burt Bacharach, performed with a diverse group of musicians from Elvis Presley's band, Alan Toussaint, Tony Bennett, The Roots, George Jones, He's produced the specials and squeeze, all while never compromising his own artistic vision or integrity. You say you have no secrets, then leave discreetness. He's authentic, his work balances biting wit, emotional depth, and a classic songbook-worthy grasp of melody and song structure. His records have certainly soundtracked many hours of my life, and I wouldn't want it any other way. So it is with great pleasure and honor that I welcome to the O3L Hall of Fame, Elvis Costello. Not a shocker. Good pick. Not a shocker. Thank you. Thank you. I was wondering when he was going to make his appearance on Well, it would be today. the second inaugural. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not a thing. No, it's not. All right. But okay. Well, my next inductee had four top 10 hits, but we know most of their songs. Shake It Up, You Might Think, Drive, and Tonight She Comes were the chart toppers. But we also know Good Times Roll, Just What I Needed, Bye Bye Love, You're All I Got Tonight, Moving in Stereo, Let's Go, Dangerous Type, Touch and Go, Hello Again, Magic, Best Friends Girl, Just What I Needed. Of course, we're talking about the cars. One of my favorite bands since I was a little, little children's. A little children's. And, uh, uh, just a little children's. Back when I only peed out of my little children's. Mm, those were the days. And those were the days. But this is how long I loved this band. I had to get him into the O3L Hall of Fame because uh, I think that they're still very influential. 
take a look at Weezer. Weezer says, you know, that they, I mean, Rick Ocasek, he's the one who, that Blue album, the very first one, he was the producer. I just think that uh, the Cars, there's been nothing like them and I miss them so much. I wish new music would come out, but of course that's not happening. So I have to enjoy the old stuff and uh, I just have to put them in the Hall of Fame for me. Great choice. What a resume. You're rattling off all those songs and, you know, all of those songs I are instantly recognizable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And produced uh, Romeo Void. Amen. Yeah, yeah. The very first album. Yeah. This is our friend Deborah. Yeah. I'm not sure if she well, would consider uh, us her friend, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Uh, no, I think she had fun. Maybe. Well, I don't know. She stayed the whole time. Let's, let's just put it this way. She uh, did not respond to my follow-up email. Well, she's a busy lady. She's got a big show today or this weekend, right? Fair enough. At the Aquatic Center. This past weekend. Yes. She has a big show. Yeah, this past weekend. (laughs) Yes, this past weekend. All right. The next band I would like to induct into the O3L Hall of Fame hails from Dusseldorf, Germany. And no group standing nearly motionless in monochromatic clothes in front of keyboards has done more for classic alternative music than Kraftwerk. So it was more than 50 years ago, unbelievably, that Kraftwerk began reshaping <laughs> why do i want to do this in a fake german accent this whole thing um well do it the whole thing it was more than 50 years ago that Kraftwerk began reshaping the sonic landscape of modern electronic music as we know it i don't know if i could keep that up giving birth to synth pop trance ambient techno and just about every subgenre you can think of in electronic music Their music has the power to immerse listeners into their world. You want the closest sonic approximation to the pulsating hypnotic drone of driving on the Autobahn? You got it. Taking a journey by train on the Trans-Europe Express? All right, coming right up. Yet within their robotic soundscapes, there's something, dare I say, very human and accessible about Kraftwerk's music and art. And as we progress further through the digital age, their music makes even more sense now. Forty-five years ago, they sounded futuristic. Now they seem prescient. It's hard to foresee a time in Kraftwerk's music will seem dated, even in the slightest. They taught generations of musicians that technology could be harnessed as a tool to create art that was as, quote-unquote, real as the bands who played guitars and real drums, etc. The mark they left on artists like Depeche Mode, New Order, OMD, David Bowie, Gary Newman, Aphex Twin, Africa Bambata, Bjork, and countless others is indelible, not just musically, but from the perspective that envelopes could be limitlessly pushed and boundaries could be endlessly blurred. With that, I would love to induct Kraftwerk into the O3L Hall of Fame. Yes. Great, great pick. Thank you. I'm down. Jay-Z in the audience agrees. Yes. That's all that matters. Yes, that's all that matters. 
Hi, this is Tony Valentino of the Standells, and you're listening to the only three lads on that famous radio. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well... I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, (laughs) oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. We, we, we control our ads. Someone was after me. I said, no, we have no control. Well, we over have that. no control over what the ads are. We just have control over when they're inserted. You can't say what we don't want in there. Like if we didn't want an ad for like, you know, marijuana. Or oh, whatever. gosh. Yeah. No, that's fine. Which obviously we do. I don't do it. But I mean, if it makes you listen to the only three lads podcast for longer, music and pot um, really go together. There's been a synergy there since the beginning, really, of rock and roll music. 
uh, in the early 50s, probably even in the 40s with Cab Calloway and mm-hmm. all those guys. They were smoking the weed, the reefer. Yeah. The devil's lettuce. And even back in the 1800s with Willie Nelson. Exactly. See, <laughs> it all comes full circle. All right. <laughs> all right. So it looks like we're back. Thank you to the community so much for hanging out with us during our second annual Only Three Lads Hall of Fame inductee ceremony. And again, my inductees, no particular order, but the next inductee is a band that is a pioneer of the American new wave genre. From 1974 to 1982, the band pumped out hits, Dreaming, Rapture, The Tide Is High, Call Me, Heart of Glass, and One Way or Another. And then Blondie, of course, in 1997, got back together and had another hit with Maria in 1999, proving they were still a force to reckon with. Blondie is punk rock, new wave, disco, pop, rap, reggae. It's all good. So I'm all in in putting them into the Only Three Lads Hall of Fame. Here, here. They almost got the nod from me this year. I'm glad you did. Yes, had to get him in there. Thank you so much. And then the last week, of course, Tony Valentino talking about his friendship. Yeah. With Clem. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, we got to get them in. Friends with Clem Burke. What did he say? Uh, Blondie has a very pleasant voice. And then I said something about her very pleasant face. You did. Well played. One of the nice things about the O3L Hall of Fame is that we have a chance to induct artists that the snobs in Cleveland more than likely won't. For example, in what just world does Cheryl Crow deserve entry over the Smiths, Pixies, or Replacements, of course, all of whom we inducted last year? Here's another giant that will probably never get in, possibly because of a bias against bands who are too British. And again, yes, it's a very me pick. It is the jam. Paul Weller, Bruce Foxen, and Rick Buckler burst onto the scene in 1977, full of the old urine and vinegar, combining the style of 60s mod and soul, the urgency of punk rock, and the melodic sensibility of pop. With Weller's socially observant eye, lyrical honesty, and musical power, he became the spokesman for a generation of the disenfranchised and disillusioned. Jam songs were poignant, powerful, poetic calls to action, changing the way you thought about yourself, the system that you were thrust into, and causing you to question authority and rise up against the status quo. Musically, the jam grew by leaps and bounds over, amazingly, less than a six-year period as a recording unit. They shed any punk pretensions and a strong My Generation era Who influence fairly early in their career, and by their third album, All Mod Cons, in 1978, they had forged a sound that was uniquely their own, albeit one that would be lifted by many bands during the mod revival craze of 1979. By the time they called it quits at the end of 1982, they had fully embraced R&B, funk, and jazz, while still retaining their sonic identity and chemistry. They went out on top 
as cultural icons and one of the greatest bands of the era. Their legacy is nearly unblemished. Any of their albums are worth your time. Yes, including the sometimes underappreciated second album, This Is The Modern World. And their run of singles is flawless. And visually and stylistically, they dripped with a cool that may have been inspired by the 60s, but will never go out of fashion, at least with me. Not only did they inspire legions of mod revival and indie pop bands, but they were also one of the key touchstones of Brit pop going into the 90s. They're certainly one of the most important bands to me, but I wouldn't be inducting them into these hallowed halls if millions didn't agree. So let's hear it for the jam. I could tongue kiss you right now. Oh, thank you. Great pick. Yeah. Great pick. Well, I'm glad we're we're not uh, together in the same room right now. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I, I mean, I do love you. I wouldn't way, force but, it on you, right. but I'm just saying, I think that's a great pick. No, Jam was thank definitely you. on a list. I made a big list of everybody who I would potentially think of. And like picking five off that list and the jam was definitely on it. Yeah. But I know you're a bigger jam fan than I am. So there we go. I'll take care of that. Um, you took care of Blondie. This is perfect. No go. crossovers yet. None yet. I'm kind of shocked. But this one may be because my next inductee changed the trajectory of my life in seventh grade. I've talked about this before. The second video I ever saw on MTV, Roger Daltrey that video free me was first and the only reason why i remember daltrey's video is because after it the clash came on with rock the casbah the rest of my music loving history started to be written right then it's up to you not to be started going into the crazy section at Rolling Stone Records and started going, what's this? Why is this? You know, I remember my sister, she brought in all the crap of the day around 1981, 1982, you know. Billy Squire. Billy Squire. Mm, yeah. Ugh, you know, that sort of stuff. And, you know, probably Foreigner and all this Ooh. other stuff. Uh, but then I went on my own and I said, wait a second. What is this? And I said, oh, my God, my life is changing. These people are saying things. It just made me feel, again, clogging the toilet, breaking furniture, impregnating cats. And The Clash does that for me. So got to have The Clash in there. It's not a real Hall of Fame until The Clash is. So took two years, but here we go. The Clash, they are in the O3L Hall of Fame. Beautiful, beautiful. And very heartfelt words, too, about impregnating cats. Yeah. That's always a I crowd pleaser. They, it may be cut from the HBO version of the uh, induction special, but whatever. <laughs> never know. You never know. But uh, hey, I just I do want to say, I believe Brett will back me on this, that we here at the Only Three Lads do not condone sex with cats. Yes. Okay. I had to think about it for a moment, but yes. Yes. See, you can love your cat, just don't love right. your cats. Right. There's a difference, as they say. Right. It is only a uh, turn of phrase. There you go. Okay. Gotcha. Do not take it literally. That would be kind of hard, though. I think cats would fight back. Uh, yeah. And, and they claw. I know you're not totally That's, against, but yeah. Fricos would like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. No. Yeah, see, now, now I'm sold. Well, I'll tell you what. I came very close to putting the clash down, and I actually decided to make a left turn. And the reason why it is a left turn is it's a band that I do enjoy, but I'm actually not an obsessive fan. 
mostly because they were so restlessly creative that I couldn't keep up with everything they did and so groundbreakingly eclectic that not everything they did that I heard was in my wheelhouse. Formed in New York in 1981 around the core of guitarist Thurston Moore and Lee Ronaldo and bassist Kim Gordon, Sonic Youth redefined guitar music for the alternative generation. They approached rock and roll as if it were a blank canvas. While most stayed in the lines, Sonic Youth not only colored well outside the lines, but left all of the drop cloths with multicolored splatters too. Using a variety of alternative tunings, they used noise and dissonance to create avant-garde soundscapes that masqueraded as pop songs. And they used pop songs to subvert the notions of what art was or what was expected. They fearlessly blurred the lines between beauty and chaos, something that bands from Dinosaur Jr. to My Bloody Valentine to Radiohead to the Pixies to Nirvana took to heart. The seeds of 90s alternative rock were sown with their triumvirate of mid-80s college rock classics in Evil, Sister, and Daydream Nation. And by the time the rest of the music world caught up with those records in the 90s, they continued to outpace their peers with a series of challenging major label albums that both captured the zeitgeist of the era and still sounded like the future of rock and roll. So for their seminal, extraordinary contribution to indie rock, I am pleased to induct Sonic Youth into the O3L Hall of Fame. Everybody's talking about the stormy weather What's a man to do but work out where is she? Looking for a man with a focus and a temper You can open up a map and see between one and two Time to get it Yes, what I remember of that band, I'm like you. I know there was a lot of things that they did. Couldn't keep up with them. Yeah. I once worked this with this DJ at a radio station who, like, let's say you had somebody who was really preppy, like, you know, dressed at like the preppy store, right. like Aeropostale or whatever. And then she went away for the weekend and came back on Monday looking like a bag lady. Yeah. And she was like talking about Thurston Moore. <laughs> he designed this look for me. It's like, well, I think he's messing with you. Because what? and she dressed like that for like a week. It was like seriously, looked like a bag lady yeah, with like bad. a big floppy hat. Yeah, not but that's bad. what I remember about Sonic Youth in the '90s. And because we didn't play, even alternative stations didn't play a lot of Sonic Youth music. You had college stations that did, but it was like when the alternative stations came in and became big, Sonic Youth was not on a playlist. If you heard it, it might be Sunday night, like nine o'clock, and it'd be something that was not too crazy. Yeah, I remember like Cool Thing and Bull in the Heather getting some airplay, but other than that, not a heck of a lot, but definitely <sighs> it's a band who you cannot refute their influence. Oh gosh, no, absolutely. So that's why it's a great pick. Yeah, I believe they deserve inclusion. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. 
but the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill, or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. O3L Spotlight. You know past O3L guest Andy Strickland is the guitarist of early creation band The Loft and reformed indie giants The Chesterfields. Now the esteemed Mr. Strickland adds production credits to his resume with a new Isle of Wight punk band called George Street Kids. And to keep things simple, their first single is also called George Street Kids. And we have it right here for you. Download it now from George Street Kids, that's street spelled out, dot bandcamp.com. We are the George Street Kids. And these are the things that we did We live under the bridge We keep us hid The George Street Kids There's a bird in the tree In the corner always there When I go into town There's a pain in my box That's the color of the sky When the sun's The George Street Kids Well my records won't talk Like they always did before I can't hear them anyway Cause I'm drunk So I take it to the bridge On a chemical shine And my little green life boat is sunk We are the George Street Kids And these are the things that we did The George Street Kids And the water looks so We never even said we were leaving, did oh, we? Well. To hell with it. 
We're back in three, two, and one. Once again, thank you to the community. We're getting bigger and better, faster, stronger. Kind of like the $6 million mm. man. Or Daft Punk. You know, like that's like back in the day, back in the 76 million dollars would be like, wow, now it's like yeah, more. More. No. Yeah, inflation is rampant. Yeah. It's still you need rampant. to at least be like the $25 million man now. I heard somebody one time tell me, and this guy was a business guy, he's like, if you have seven million, you can retire comfortably. Huh. So I'm shooting for seven. If I get more, that's great. But seven would be good enough for me. I'm shooting for like seven hundred dollars. Yeah, well, that's what I have. Well, I don't even have that. No. I have like, I might have 70. Well, so what you're saying is that we are not in danger of retiring anytime soon. Absolutely not. Our bosses, we're going to be there every Monday through Friday until the coroner removes us. And maybe even still. I mean, they may just prop up my corpse and be like, all right, get to work there, corpsey. Because, of well, course, actually, my, my nickname will be Corpsey when I'm dead. Yeah, Corpsey. But also, if we can download our soul into a computer, that might be possible. Mm. But we don't have to worry about your body rotting and stinking because your soul will be out of your body and you'll be digitally tapped. And then we can use your maybe AI type you know, learning skills. Can my soul still do this podcast? Probably. That'd be creepy and and pretty cool. Yeah, the 300 <laughs> annual <laughs> only three lads inductee and then by then we'll finally get maybe a wall of voodoo in yeah who are you inducting this year corpsey <laughs> corpsey i'll just go by ug ug because <laughs> it'd be too long to be uncle greg right right yeah we we won't have time for that 300 years in the future no, no. we're gonna be busy it's mm-hmm. gonna be snappy hey yep. come on we want the info we're going to be like have chips in our head and we're going to be boom, 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 boom. We're going to be cyborgs. That's what humans will be. One can hope. Yeah. One can hope. We finally inducted Glass Tiger. <laughs> Maybe. We've ran out of yeah. every other band of the era. What's a, What was their song? Is that the one? Don't uh, forget don't, me when yeah, I'm gone. Don't forget me when I'm gone. Yeah. God. And how did I know that? Like, I can't think of names, but boy, I remember that song. Mm. Don't forget me when I'm gone. My heart will break. I think it's safe to say that Glass Tiger has touched us all in unusual and inappropriate ways. Yeah, very true. I don't even know what the hell we were saying before, but this is the second annual Only Three Lads Hall of Fame induction ceremony. We want to thank the community. I think that's what we started off with before we went on this tangent for about. <laughs> that's right. Before, before 40 seconds or whatever yeah um <laughs> but just want to say thank you so much uh again we're getting bigger faster and stronger with you and it's a lot of fun and so please when you see us tell your friends uh share us on social media just tell your smart speaker to play the only three lads podcast when you're in your car sooner or later maybe it'll be a 3d hologram of us mm-hmm. and we're going to make ourselves look really hot and thin and it's going to be awesome Undoubtedly. So the last inductee for me on the second annual Only Three Lads Hall of Fame induction ceremony is one that last year I left off, but um, I had to do it because I had to get the other ones on there. But, of course, it's the end of the road for this band this year. They're doing their Vegas residency. I think their last shows are in September, and then they may play some shows in Athens, and then ah, they're done. It's the B-52s. We were at a party. Mm. 
got to get them. I was going to have you guess. I'm sure that you would have guessed that one, though, probably. That would have been on my short coming. list. Yeah. What are the other ones that you thought may have been my last one? Well, I thought it could be Depeche Mode. We got them last year, we right? We did? Wait, wait, wait. Hang uh, on. Whoa, wait. Oh, yes, we did. Never mind. Then it would not be Depeche okay. Mode. Okay. Then the B-52s probably would have been my leader for you. Yeah. Well, you would have been right. Or the other one I was thinking is going to be my last induction. So I thought we might have a crossover. All right. Well, now it's up to you. We have nine new members this year. Okay. Well, how about a 10? We have a 10th. Here we go. So we do have enough overlap with Cleveland on our list to prove that we don't think they always get it wrong. And in 2019, they corrected a long running error in judgment when they inducted the cure. And I also don't see how we could have our shrine without the cure in it. Amen, brother. Yes. So coming up in the late 70s, UK post-punk scene, the cure or the easy cure, as they originally known, played a spiky brand of pop music highlighted by Robert Smith's crying voice and minor key melodies. At the start of the 80s, the bland, the bland, the bland plunged. The band plunged into the depths of the sea of darkness with an increasing reliance on bleak soundscapes, languid guitar lines, and dark lyrics. They often slowed and stretched their songs to heighten the emotional impact and envelop the listener into their dreamlike and or nightmarish world. Now, these aspects of their music, as well as their gothic image, would definitely appeal to the misfits, the dark romantics, and those who fell out of step with the rest of the world from the 80s and right on through to today. I mean, I just saw The Cure last week. But it's also important to note that The Cure were and still are pop stars. Robert Smith is able to convey the heady rush of love like few other songwriters, and they can crank out brilliant singles that cross over from the graveyards and churches to the bedrooms and schoolyards. For every from the edge of the deep green sea, there's a love song. For every the funeral party, there's a Friday I'm in love or a just like heaven or in between days or let's go to bed or close to me. You get it. This is some of the most important music of the O3L era and it touches upon just about every facet of human emotion imaginable. At times dark and brooding, at times giddy, vulnerable, there's sadness, there's depression. It's immeasurably influential but I reckon that you all know that. I don't have to tell you. So let's leave it at that and welcome as our 10th inductee in our second annual O3L Hall of Fame ceremony, The Cure. Yes, it was. I'm so glad that you picked them because I was, I made a big long list and they were definitely on it and leaving The Cure off, I did feel like, boy, this is a travesty. Yep. So who is the one band that you is not in our Hall of Fame that it breaks your heart? I would say that uh, as of right now, probably the one would be the Sex Pistols. There you go. That's one. For you, I was thinking XTC. XTC would be a good one. They're, they're probably a few years down the line. But yeah, I think it's uh, nearly criminal that they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So we'll write that. Mm-hmm. We'll write that wrong. At some point. At some point. So I had a big, long list, but I picked what I pick and I'm sticking to it. Yep. I mean, we got to save something for Corpsey and UG to pick. That's right. 298 years from now. I mean, who knows? At that point, I may even pick Alice in Chains. That might be the only one left. Because it's going to just be AI bands. That's all that's going to be left. And I really enjoyed Alice in Chains 
28-26 AI hit called <laughs> This is when people sounded like they were crapping when they sang back in the olden days. It is going to be interesting because as our brains evolve like 2,000 years from now, what are humans going to be like? Mm-hmm. We're not going to be like we are now. Is that We're going to have like one eye, maybe our thumbs will get longer because everyone's texting. And then maybe by then, again, it, you might not even have to use your hands. So maybe it look like Trisonosaurus Rex, you know, like, because we don't have to really use our arms anymore to lift anything. We're going to just do it with our mind. Right. It's going to be interesting. It, it'll be interesting. What I can tell you, and we may have talked about this in a past episode, or maybe we just talked about it off air, but the AI is getting very scary. Well, that's what we know. Think of what they're doing with it that we don't know. That's yeah. what's scary. Yeah. Because what we do know, yeah, like even like uh, Grimes is one artist who said, okay, you can uh, make music as long as it's a 50-50 split on the money. And I don't like that at all. But don't worry. See, Gen Z is being raised by Gen X. So these millennials who all want, you know, they wear flip-flops and they write in all caps and they're so angry. I think that Gen Z... I think they're going to be more rebellious and they're going to want to tell the man to suck it. And that's where rock and roll's coming back. I hope so. That's my dream. A boy can dream. A boy can dream. But I think yeah. you're onto something there. And I think we're seeing some encouraging signs of, of young people making, you know, real rock and roll music now. Yeah. Just say what, just do what you feel. And if people don't like it, that's okay. Cause there are going to people who do like it or there's even times like, like I love the clash. Am I 100% in on their politics? No. But what was I 100% in their politics with my mother and father? No, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them or something wrong with me. It just means that we may look at the world differently, but there's times when we can just dance mm-hmm. and that's what I want. Just dance, just have fun, just escape from life, escape from reality, escape from your norm and just, you know, again, I always say this all the time, respect everybody, fear no one. Fear is like the biggest thing that holds everyone back. Fear, it sucks. So as long as we can get that and we can get drums and we can get, you know, hard bodies and butts, you can, you know, bounce quarters off of, rock and roll's here to stay. Here, here. <laughs> You're like, sure. <laughs> and, and now I believe that leads into the all-star jam with our uh, inductees, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. So how would that happen? We have to have Clem Burke on drums. Sure. Maybe Elliot Easton on guitar. That'd work for me. That'd be good. Elvis Costello has to be in there somewhere. Yes, he does. Mick Jones, he's going to be playing guitar too. Mick Jones should be in there. And then Sonic Youth will just like drop a bunch of feedback in. Yeah, no, that's good. And then Kate Pearson, well, she'd be singing backup and playing keys. She obviously would. Yeah. Yep. Fred Schneider, also some uh, lead vocals and some backing vocals. Let's hope. And then Robert Smith will show up and just look dour and frumpy in the corner. Oh, no. He's going to be playing the uh, the tritone riffs, and that'll really make it feel good. Now, if we had one song that we could get all these people together for, what would it be? Mexican radio. <laughs> Corpsey disapproves. <laughs> yes. Okay. We got to think of one. What would be a good one? Um, Maybe Rock and Roll by Velvet Underground. That would work. Yeah. I'll go with that. That'd be a good one. Okay. We can compromise. All right. No Mexican radio. So don't forget, everybody in the community, head over to the Facebook page. Give us your inductees. If one person gets a lot or one band gets a lot of votes, we'll stick them in too. So we'll have 11. What a haul we are building here. 
It is. It's getting bigger and bigger. We're going to have to build wings. Um, maybe we have to start a Patreon so that we could uh, start building uh, different uh, sections of this O3L Hall of Fame. We'll have the Duran Duran wing in your garage. Yeah. We'll obviously have to play in this a little more. <laughs> what do you say? Okay. Well, hey, it's evolving. Next year will be our, our third annual. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, once again, thank you to the community for showing up. We now have 10 new members of the Only Three Lads Hall of Fame. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, I think it's wonderful as well. Now, we don't have to hit the randomizer because this was a special show. We'll still have cover versions next week. Okay. That's going to be gobs of fun. Oh, I can just feel it. And we have a uh, pretty groovy guest next week, too, uh, at least scheduled. Knock on wood. Yes. yes. Was that wood? No, it was my head. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure what you were knocking on over there. <laughs> <laughs> it was my mouth. Okay, so anything else we need to say before we get out of here? Thank you all for joining us for this amazing Hall of Fame journey. The HBO feed is going to be remarkable. Please remember, don't have intercourse with cats. We're just not for that. We're just not for that. No. Yeah, we do not endorse that at all. Can you tell I need to go back to bed after this? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, you better go to sleep. Usually I'm the one thinking, what's the word? Oh, yeah. After there's like a hiccup. There's like a gap in my thinking. Yeah, but yeah. It's you today. That's all right. It happens. It happens. Yes. We're all entitled. At some point. All right. So on behalf of uh, Corpsey and UG, we'll wave hello and say goodbye. Damn kids. The theme music is Frequency, written and performed by yours truly, Brett Vargo. Any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review, examination, and news reporting. If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who kill their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts 
or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.